0: Okay, so yesterday, when we were talking about the impeachment, today is the... Hang on just a second. What the hell is that airline? Kalita Air? This is the plane coming in that has the people from China. Kalita Air? I've never even heard of it. You know, you might have a deadly virus, and they're going to send you across the ocean on an airline you've never heard of. I mean, you're just... You're high risk. You're just high risk. It's like you couldn't get somebody else to do it. You know, like... I don't know. <laughs> you know, we at Khalid Air,
1: <laughs> we feel okay about taking you guys. Apparently, is a uh, cargo airline uh, in Michigan, oh. though. It's a Michigan-based airline. So we <laughs> cargo. So we're bringing people back on cargo planes. Okay. I think you get them out however the hell you can. Yeah, I guess. I, mean, I guess people I are know. all like, I mean, you don't want to be over there for a second longer than you have to. Yeah, all right. Anyway, um, so let me let me just talk quickly about
0: impeachment. Uh, The the case was closed. I'm going to give you all of the information on what happened yesterday, plus more on uh, the coronavirus tonight at five o'clock. But they rested their case. The defense did. Now it goes to questions with the Senate. The Senate gets a couple of days to ask questions. They can't actually take the floor and, you know, filibuster and ask a question. It has to be written down. The chief justice asks the question of each side, and then they have to answer those questions for the senators. Then the next thing that happens is then they vote on, are there going to be any additional witnesses? It looks like, and I think this is actually a good thing, it looks like John Bolton is going to be uh, asked for by the democrats and uh and uh, mitch mcconnell doesn't have the votes to stop it and and quite honestly i think he should i think he should just let john bolton be heard it's worse for the president in the
1: long run if they shut that down because the choice is not between whether you hear john bolton's testimony or the story never comes out he's releasing the book anyway so why not let him come out with his information in, number one, a place where it's not going to benefit him financially, uh, but number two, in a place where you can actually question him, and then number three— Hold his feet to, his fi- to through the fire. To the fire. And then number three, uh, in a place that will likely be followed by an acquittal after the information comes out. So it's all old news. It's useless news. You're going to get 20 he- Republicans
0: on John Bolton's testimony no. to switch sides. No. And I think you also get the whistleblower. Or maybe uh, Hunter Biden, but I think the whistleblower is a better choice if you can only get one. So we'll have more on that. Don't forget, we have a special next Wednesday. Critical, critical. Yesterday, another piece fell into place because we're just we want to make sure this is all buttoned up. Otherwise, I would give it to you today. Um, But uh, I'm going to do another free special on YouTube next Thursday night. You just don't want to miss this. A a critical piece of information fell into our laps yesterday as we were doing our research. And wow, does it make sense now. I mean, more than it did, more than it did, uh, you'll understand why they went after this president. It's not just uh, greed and corruption. It's that. But it's corruption of another kind, possibly, as well. And I, I'll explain it to you next Thursday. Tell your friends. Don't miss it. It will be free on YouTube. Uh, or you can you know watch it, of course, on uh, blazetv.com. All right. Let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about the uh, election that is, uh, is coming our way. Um, Sanders and Trump. There's a new poll out that says what what uh, what are the odds? And this is not even a poll. This
1: is this is uh, like mo- an election model. Um, so you, they're taking all the polling, they're simulating the elections. And who's doing this? Do uh, this is Ddhq, which is a very good uh, outfit. They do a lot of um, uh, really super nerdy by the district breakdowns, vote counting. Um, they project elections. How accurate have they been? Very good. They're very good, okay, uh, good. at this. Uh, this
0: sounds to me accurate. I want you to listen to the model that they have broken down and said, this is the way we think at this point
1: things are going to break down. They just released this today. Um, it's up on my Twitter at um, at Stu Does America is the place to go. Um, Biden leads with a 37% chance to win the amount of delegates he'd need to to become the nominee. 37% chance, which strikes me as about right. Just by feeling in polls, he's still the leader. He's uh, competitive in the early states. He's leading nationally. Uh, he is... Um, a front runner, but a weak front runner, right? Very like, weak. So, if you look at it, you could say, "Oh, well, he's leading. He's got 37 percent chance to win the thing." Yes, but that means a 63 percent chance somebody else does. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty significant. Mm-hmm. Um, the second place is Bernie Sanders. They say he has an 18 percent chance of winning. If the number two is at 18, there's a big hole in the numbers. That's true. Yeah, you're right. And I think that strikes me as a little low for Sanders, but. Plausible because if Sanders can win Iowa, which he's probably the fa- slight favorite at right now, r- at right now he's the favorite in New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. If he wins those two, he's definitely the favorite in Nevada, which leaves really just a only two more obstacles to get by. One, s- South Carolina, where Biden would be a favorite right now, but if he loses three states in a row, he might not be a favorite. Mm-hmm. And number two, the unknown of Bloomberg, who comes in after that with his. 400 million dollars in spending mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh after say so biden 37 percent chance to win it 18 percent for sanders warren at eight percent i guess that's probably right i i still don't i mean to me she feels done to be honest with you it seems like it's over for warren uh, a few days away from from iowa but she her polling there are some polls that show her right in the mix still uh some that show her out of it there's no none that show really, her the really
0: she really screwed it up by going after sanders and and that whole CNN thing. That they didn't help really her. screwed this up. Yeah. she. I, I think she had it for a while. I, I, I thought she was doing well. I never thought she had a chance. And then she started doing well, and I'm like, she could be the nominee. <laughs>
1: it really is amazing. I mean, I mean how many incredible. times we've, you know, the, the general feeling has changed. Yeah. How many times over right. this election? So there's no clear winner. A couple of weeks ago, I mean, you could have made a really good case Pete Buttigieg. Had a path. Uh, I feel like most of that's evaporated. Zero. They, polling of zero with African Americans. That's a real problem. That's a Though a real it's problem. not a real problem for, an, for him in Iowa or New Hampshire, which are the first two states. You win those first two states, you know, things change. Your profile changes. I don't think with African Americans it will. Well, I mean, there is some polling to support that. Though they only give him a 1% chance of winning. That, to me, does feel low. Mm-hmm. I mean, because Buttigieg is right in the running in Iowa. He's in the running in New Hampshire. He can win both of those states. And from then on, he's he would be much higher. And these numbers, by the way, will change with each result. This is just where we stand right now. The crazy part of this, though, is there is a, their model says a 36% chance that this election is decided at the convention. So no one gets a majority of delegates, and people are fighting it out on the convention floor to see who the nominee is. 36% chance is basically the same as Joe Biden winning. So that is a remarkably high number. Now, I think I want to say five thirty-eight. Who also has a model has that number more like fifteen percent. So this is significantly higher. But tell you either way, it's a significant Biden could fall apart quickly.
0: Buddha Judge has no African American support. If you have no African American support, and you have Donald Trump running that that changes the entire dynamic yeah and you don't want african americans if you're a democrat voting for a republican two times in a row right yeah you, you do not uh, you don't need yeah, that that's growing that mm-hmm. is a growing thing you don't you don't want that to happen so how does buddha judge do in the south I mean, he could have his clock cleaned. How
1: can he do in cities clock cleaning? Something like 41% of African-American voters say they have a real problem with uh, voting for a gay president. Right. It's high. That's a high number. And you'll notice Um, that they are not called
0: bigoted homophobes on on television by the left because they have to have them. They have to have African-Americans to
1: win. Yeah, they and can't the, get 80%. So they they got to get 90%. Yeah, you can't, you're you done. Yeah. You're done. I, I mean, that is a, it's a remarkable thing. It, does it change if he's seen as the nominee? I think it will change. But will it change enough is another question. I think like some African-American voters will come along and say, okay, well, look, I don't want Donald Trump. I mean, they're still going to vote 80 and 90% Democrat likely anyway. Um, but... You start to erode at that base, you're going to have problems. And you have people who just might stay home. They're not going to yeah, vote for Trump, but they might stay home. You'll have low turnout. The one thing, about, the reason why I think there's a good argument for this to be decided at the convention is one thing and one thing only. Bernie Sanders has no incentive to get out of the way here. He's the he, John Kasich. He, yeah, but way, way worse. Way, way worse. Because John Kasich, number one, was never a threat to the nomination. Completely a media creation. They decided to just embrace him because they didn't want Cruz and they didn't want Trump. So they just decided Kasich was the best guy in the world. But he never had a chance at winning the nomination, and he had no money. Sanders has all the money he needs. Uh, and in addition to that, he doesn't care okay, so- about his future, about the establishment, about any of it. He'll stay in there just to annoy Joe Biden and push him all the way to the convention if he can. All right, So, and I think it continues
0: in the convention, <laughs> and I want to I start there in one minute. All right, so the last thing you said, Stu, was uh, he doesn't care. And you're exactly right. He doesn't care. He doesn't care about the system. This is his last go, okay? The guy's, you know, he's almost 80. I yeah, don't think he's going to be running at, you know, 82 or 84. This is, this is probably his last go. He spent his whole life trying to get socialism accepted in America. He is this close. And that's the message that he's now bringing to all of his supporters. We've never been this close. Last time, the DNC screwed him. Last time, we know, they did everything they can to stop him. Certainly that's how he believes. That's what he and his supporters believe. Okay, do you think when he's polling like he's polling right now, and if he comes in and he wins the first two, the the really – the first uh, three out of four, that's going to energize them. These people already say everything is a conspiracy, everything is dirty, everything is corrupt. They're partly right. And they don't care about the system. They want to burn the Democratic Party to the ground. They're going to go into Milwaukee, and he is not going to give up in Milwaukee. He's just not going to do it. He has nothing to lose. He has nothing to lose and everything to gain. And his supporters, I'm telling you, Milwaukee should be on high alert. When that thing is going on, Milwaukee better be prepared because you have people that are coming that are anarchists, that are communists, that they don't care. Some people just like to watch the world burn. I'm not sure that all these people want the world to burn but they want this system to burn down. And I don't think he's going to give up. Milwaukee's going to be an interesting thing to watch, es- especially if you don't have a winner going in.
1: I mean, he did this to Hillary Clinton last time. And I know like his take is, you know, he was screwed and, and there's definitely some evidence and an obvious point that they wanted clinton to win right i mean they Mm -hmm. did not see a socialist as possible to actually win the election there's a million reasons why democrats wanted hillary not to mention just her connections and the establishment and all of that a lot of it we learned in those hacked emails bottom line is Hillary still won by four million votes sure the election wasn't all that close and despite that bernie sanders kept going and going and going because he had a lot of money. And he had an incredible amount of sort of grassroots activist level support. Those people who feel like they were screwed last time, feel like it was ripped out from under him when, you know, the evidence I don't think is really there for that. But beyond that, yeah, um, I think I think they they definitely favored Clinton, but yeah. I don't think he was winning anyway. I mean, he he was he lost a it wasn't no, that close of an election. They did every, they pulled every
0: lever they could to make sure they I mean, wanted it to
1: happen. They wanted it to happen, but it happened anyway. Yes, you know, like it's like correct. it's like Nixon breaking into Watergate. The guy was going to win forty eight yeah, states. Right. I mean, what do you break it into place for? Right. Um, but in addition to that, this is a, the, his last run, almost definitely. He doesn't care about the future. If he loses, he'll go back and leave the party again and go back to independent. He doesn't care about Biden. He doesn't care about any of this. He can go and burn this thing down till the end. He only wants socialism, and he's going to try to get it. Mm-hmm. And there's a good argument that he's going to keep fighting and make it miserable for Biden if he does beat him.
0: This is the Glenn Beck Program. There's a there's a really compelling story about... Uh, Believe it or not, of all things, Buddy Holly on the Blaze today. But it's it's related to Kobe Bryant. Um, the similarities are are a little stunning on um, how it just came out of the blue. And Kevin Ryan, one of uh, my staff writers, was, uh, was out in Iowa. He's been covering, you know, for the Blaze, different things in Iowa. And uh, he was in a, a small town in Iowa where, where Buddy Holly's Plane took off and crashed. And I just want to give you a a couple of these. At 12.40 a.m., Buddy Holly, Richie Valens, and J.P., the big bopper, arrived at Mason City Airport. Richardson had $272.53 and a guitar pick and a pair of dice in his pockets. His gold wedding ring sparkled like a mirror on his finger. At the airport, the weather was fine. Some light snow, but nothing else. A vicious cold front was looming just out of view. The pilot never got an accurate weather report, and the plane took off at 12.55 a.m. Five minutes later, there was silence on the radio. The operator couldn't get a response. Then the blizzard plummeted down, and no one could see a thing in any place or any direction. There would be no rescue flight, no immediate rescue. The blizzard was so bad that nobody could reach the crash site until 10 hours later in the morning. The plane hadn't made it far. It was only six miles northwest of the airport. Most likely, the pilot experienced what's called spatial disorientation, coupled with a rush of vertigo. That, with the low clouds and the snow and the violent wind, no visibility, he lost sense of what was up and down and went the wrong direction. Down. The plane smashed into the frozen ground at about 170 miles an hour. For years, the scene had haunted Iowans who found Holly and others, like the man who had to identify the bodies. He never outlived those memories. Even the crime scene photographer and the mortician got squirmy. They had faced the cruelty of immediate loss played out in the most violent possible way. Holly's wife was at home. When a friend called her and said, Don't turn on the TV, she immediately turned on the TV. We interrupt this program for a special news bulletin, said the announcer. Three singers who soared to the heights of show business and the current rock and roll craze were killed today in a crash of a light plane in Iowa. Blink. Weakness. Blink. Collapse. Her vision surged and her body sank. That's how she found out? With the rest of the world? And she was carrying Buddy Holly's child. And this is how she found out. For her, it would be a double tragedy. For shortly after, she suffered a miscarriage. What does all of this mean? And we've repeated this story. It just wasn't a a single-engine airplane. It was a helicopter. And almost the same story. In both stories, a child was lost. In both stories, the wife found out from TV. In both stories, it was because you couldn't see up or down. Read this story from um, uh, from The Blaze at blaze.com. Theblaze.com, uh, you will find the Kobe Bryant Buddy Holly story there. You don't want to miss it. Hey, let me give you some good news. Um, do you ever watch the um, Antiques Roadshow? You ever watch that? Yeah, a few times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I really love it. I'm a history fanatic, and I, I love to see people, they have something, and there's not enough of these, but I love it, where they have something and they're like, wait a minute, it's what? This show would have been a lot better before there was an internet. Because right now, everybody looks at what they have on the internet and they're, you know, if they have something, they'll look at it and they'll get some idea. But before the internet, this show was fantastic because people would come in and they'd have absolutely no idea what they had. Well, that kind of happened in the latest um, Antiques Roadshow on PBS. A, a guy walks up. He's got a full beard. Kind of looks like a you know looks like a nineteen sixties hippie. And and he is actually he was clean cut in the nineteen sixties. He was a Vietnam veteran. And while he was a vet, he went into um, a place. He was a vet for the Air Force, and he went into a um, into a place. Let me see where it was. He was in Thailand. So he went in. He was stationed in Thailand, and and he went in and. He went to a watch store and he wanted to buy a a good watch, something that he could scuba dive for uh, or with. And so he he ordered this watch and he paid three hundred and forty five dollars and ninety seven cents for it. He didn't know what it was. I mean, he just thought it was a good diving watch. But then when he actually got it, because he had to order it, when he actually got it, he looked at it and said, this is too nice to you know just dump into salt water every day so he just left it in the box and then he put it in a safe deposit box where it is sat for over 40 years still unwrapped still unworn but it was a watch he bought for 347 dollars so he takes it out of the vault and he goes to see the guys at the antique road show and he says hey i have this um is it is it worth anything well, as a watch collector, if you would have set that down in front of me, I would have said, uh, "No, but I'll <laughs> buy it from you right now, twenty dollars." Uh, I would my I, the eyes would have popped out of my head. He bought for three hundred and forty five dollars and ninety seven cents in nineteen seventy one. He bought uh, the nineteen sixty nine Daytona Rolex. This is the one that uh, Paul Newman wore uh, in the movie Winning, and it became very popular, and it is the most coveted Rolex out there, okay? Paul Newman's actual watch, his Daytona, I think just sold for $2 million. The one that's in the movie, the one that was given to him by his wife, it was inscribed to Paul Newman in the back, and he wore it all the time that sold for about $2 million at auction just a few months ago, okay? This one's not worth $2 million. But he had no idea that it was the Paul Newman watch or anything else. So uh, the guy from the show, the auction house, said, "Um, yeah, um, this is worth uh, a lot uh, right now. And he said, really? What? He said, well... These go up at auction now for about $400,000. This veteran from the <sighs> Vietnam War, his legs buckled and he went down. And he got up and they helped him up and he's like, I- I'm sorry, I just $400,000. And he said, you better hold on to the table <laughs> because that's what these normally go for. Yours has never been worn, never opened. You have all of the papers. It's like new. It's been in a safe deposit box for 40 years. This will go for upwards of $700,000. Wow.
1: That's amazing. Isn't that fantastic? That's awesome.
0: I love that. It I actually l-
1: happens to a veteran. not just, Oh, yeah. it's, so, oh, great. Great. it's yeah. so great. It's, it's great. so great. It's I great. love it.
0: I love when I, that's why I like shows like that. And, you know, you watch these shows and it's just happening to regular people and they have no idea. You know, I don't like, like, it started to take the uh, the the glory off of the Antiques Roadshow for me when people were like, uh, they'd say, well, how much did you buy it for? Well, my grandfather bought it for $15. Well, it's now worth 15000 And they're like, oh, really? I thought maybe it would be worth more. And
1: you're like... Oh, my God. Oh, that, that I hate that. Yeah. I hate that. Did you like when people will come in and be like, right, what is this worth? Is it worth $100,000? dollars you be like, it's worth $8. There's like a million of these things made and everyone has one. So you have nothing. Did you like that part of it? No,
0: I didn't. That's so good. I actually, I know a friend who was watching, was in bed um, with his wife. Mm-hmm. And there she was watching the Antiques Roadshow. He was reading something. And uh, he saw, um, or she saw an Indian rug. Native American rug, and it was about two foot square, okay? And she elbows him and says, oh my gosh, look, that's just like the one we have in the hallway. And he looks over his glasses, and he's like, yeah, it's a small one. And uh, so they go through, and they're watching it, and the auctioneer says, this is one of the most stunning pieces of this tribe I've ever seen. And he explains all of it it was worth over a million dollars okay for, well, for a rug for a little teeny rug wow their rug was like a 12 foot rug same tribe same everything they bought it in the 1960s off the back of a truck for like 30 bucks okay and uh, she looks at her husband and says i think we should call them because <laughs> he loved native american stuff and in the 60s, it wasn't worth anything, and she would just go around, and she'd buy all these rugs that she liked and thought, these would be nice, and he likes that, and we'll put it all over. Their entire home was covered in rugs like that. They called the deal and said, you know that rug you saw on the Antiques Roadshow? Yeah, we have one that's 12 feet, and we have them all over the house. Could you come and look at what we have? Literally, they maybe paid $10,000 for all of these rugs over the years, okay? Mm-hmm. The guy didn't get past the front door. He opened up, he went into the foyer of their house, and he looked at the guy and he said, how is your house insured? And he said, regular insurance. And he said, you need to call right now while I'm here and have your house deemed a museum. It turns out it was the only complete collection of every American tribe and the best collection (laughs) ever. I mean, really? it's like a mu- he had, had no to idea. Have the, he had no idea. His wife bought him off the back of a truck in the 60s, literally for like $30 a rug. And it would go on for a couple of years. And she'd be like, oh, I like this one. I like this one. And she just happened to pick one that represented every single tribe in America. It's the only complete collection of Native American. rugs. What, what, get to the dollar
1: figure. How much is it worth? I, I, I didn't ask my friend. That was that would be rude. I would to. He, he called a freaking television show. What do you mean it would be rude? So you know, there's.
0: It's what's amazing is there's been um, the the White House has been brilliant at what they're doing, keeping the president busy uh, on really significant things. I thought um, the the Israel uh, peace deal is truly remarkable doesn't have a chance because Palestinians I don't believe are interested at all Um, I should say the Palestinian Authority is not interested at all in any kind of peace there is no two-state solution for them it's one state Palestinian state Jews are not allowed uh, to have their own state Uh, we know that from their own founding documents I think the people if they were represented by reasonable people uh, the people would benefit a great deal from the deal that was offered yesterday by Benjamin Netanyahu and uh, Donald Trump. Um, but that was a big thing. You don't really read or see anything about that today. We're going to have Joe Lieberman on to talk about it tomorrow. Um, but you you didn't see anything about that today. The trade deal came out, and there's some really good things about the trade deal and some, some iffy things about the trade deal. Um, but here's a big thing that quite honestly, the Democrats all signed on board with. Now, you're impeaching the president and you gave him this? There's a reason. They got everything the unions have ever been asking for. But there's also some good things in it for conservatives as well. He just signed that today, just a few minutes ago. You're not going to hear about these. You're not going to hear about them. If the press doesn't show up, it didn't happen. It just didn't happen. And they will continue with their agenda. But I like the fact that the, you know, uh, Clinton said, i just got to go back to work for the American people. Donald Trump didn't say that. He's just doing it. And I think the White House has done a really good job of rolling something big out every single day that's meaningful.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's definitely been some big announcements. Uh, The Israel thing yesterday was a big deal as well. Did you see that the new uh,
0: U.S. Space Force logo came out this week too? Yeah, that one does. Uh, Seriously, it looks like it looked like Star Trek. That was the looks big one. exactly yeah. like Star Trek, except the Air Force says we've had this logo since the 1940s. Yeah, we yeah, were using yeah. it, but it is the Star
1: Trek logo. I mean, it's what's it's sewn on their shirts the whole time. I'm excited about the Steve Carell series by the people that did The Office called Space Force coming up. Ooh, that I'm sounds very good. Excited.